is the NT Country Hour on ABC Radio Darwin and the Northern Territory. G'day there. Thanks for joining me for this final Country Hour before Christmas. My name is Dan Fitzgerald. I hope your afternoon is treating you well. Coming up for you today, a Darwin fishing crew has been out catching a bit of a rare bit of seafood which is being made available on plates just before Christmas. So there's only one small area north of Darwin uh, where the water is deep enough and these boats fish in like 350, 400 metres deep. Uh, That's why the product is so lovely to eat. You'll find out what that is uh, shortly. If you want to take a guess, you can send us a text on 0487 991057. It's found in really deep waters off the north coast of Darwin. Uh, Some magpie geese hunting grounds close for shooting as of today. I'll tell you which ones before half an hour and we'll find out how the magpie geese season has been going. And we'll also check in with the captain of a live export vessel to find out what happens on board during Christmas Day. It depends on where you are, you know. If we are in port, we are uh, busy. If we are sailing, we have some nice dinner. Uh, and the company also provides some extra, extra food. And you also hear about some of the basketball games that happen on board that ship. Uh, there's some fierce rivalry between uh, some of the crew there. I'll tell you more on the Country Hour today. Well, it is a wet, windy, a nice and cool day across most of the top end today. About 90 minutes ago, Tropical Cyclone Ellie was downgraded to a tropical low. And as it heads inland, it is pulling a lot of storms with it. Uh, Just looking at the radar right now, it looks like it is raining across most of the daily districts. Adelaide River is about to cop a lot of rain. Pine Creek, Catherine, Jabiru. It's just nice and cool and wet across the top ends and from the reports that we've heard the cyclone hasn't done too much damage thankfully seems like Pepperminyati was the closest community to the eye of the cyclone which passed over last night uh, but resident Wei Ray Weir says uh, there wasn't too much damage around the community pretty ordinary really a lot of rain a lot of wind but nothing too much um, I haven't seen any damage around community this morning Kept a few banana trees and light bushes blowing over. But it wasn't too bad, really. A lot of debris around the place, leaves, bushes, but no major damage that I can see. This one seemed no more than a storm. I think we've had worse storms here in Pepe over the last few years than uh, what this cyclone was. Yeah, that is Ray Weir there from Pepe Mignardi. So that it's ex-tropical cyclone Ellie. It's now weakened below tropical cyclone strength over land. And today, over the weekend, this system will continue to track southwards through the Gregory and Tanami districts. And in its wake, there is a severe weather warning for heavy rainfall and damaging winds for people in the Daly, the Tiwi, Gregory, and parts of the Arnhem, Carpentaria, Tanami and Barclay districts. 
So heavy rainfall may lead to flash flooding, possibly over the western top end with those monsoonal showers and thunderstorms during today. And that extends down into the Gregory District Friday afternoon and into Saturday. So there's potential for some big rainfall. We're talking six hourly rainfall totals of between 80 and 120 millimetres and isolated totals up to 160 millimetres. Um, and then some 24-hour rainfalls up to 200 millimetres possible. So this tropical low, it is heading to the southwest at the moment, and it is circling somewhere near Timber Creek this afternoon. Uh, contract muster of Potter Holcomb, he calls Timber Creek home. I had a chat with him a short time ago about how things were looking in the town. It's uh, rather wet, but wind's sort of picking up fairly fairly savagely now and uh, the rain's still coming in sideways how hard is it raining um yeah you wouldn't go out there i wouldn't reckon without a without a uh, raincoat on uh it's not hailing but it's definitely definitely heavy enough to stay out of and what's that done for the temperature dropped it uh market remarkably which is which is wonderful for this time of year considering a week ago you Felt like you were dying, but now, uh, yeah, now we're sort of, someone's got jumpers on, there's no air conditioners on, and it's sort of relatively pleasant. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Uh, what's the last 24 hours or so been like in Timber Creek? Uh, yeah, damp, damp. I think sort of, I reckon we've had about 120, 130 mil in the last 24 hours, which, which brings us up to about uh, 220 mil in the last three days, but it's definitely, um, yeah, since sort of yesterday morning, is there's definitely been the the main of it. There was a bit of a spell there last night, but then it came back in at about midnight and hasn't really stopped since then. And how's your backyard looking? Uh, yep, like like a river. It's, uh, yeah, my wife's pot plants are sideways and there's water everywhere. How has the wet season been so far for Timber Creek? Uh, unreal. It's been the best start that we've had. We've only been here for five years, but it's been the best start we've had. Um, yeah, by far, I think we're up to before this. We'd sort of cracked 300 mil there for the last last six weeks, and um, the grass is green, and it's it's been a, a really good start. Yeah, you run a few cattle around there. What's it all mean for them? Uh, it means that after a pretty tough year, after being burnt out very early on, they're um, yeah they're starting to enjoy life a lot more. I'd say uh, the grass has really picked up. We we're fortunate enough to. We had a spell of paddock that got burnt and, and had good early rain on it, so it's um, it's it's freshened up, and we've moved the cattle across to there to give everything else a spell, and yeah, they're uh, they're doing well. And it seems like a, a lot of the Victoria River District is in a similar position. Uh, got some decent rain um, in late November, so are things sort of greening up around the place. Most definitely, yeah. Not not just here, but sort of uh, yeah, all all around us. I think everyone's. Everyone's in the same boat, including including Catherine, and I think everyone's pretty happy to happy to see it this way, as opposed to the to the last five, six, seven years where it has been pretty tough, pretty tough wet season, and haven't had to start like this at all. And just while we've got you, Potter, you also do a bit of uh, contract mustering around the place. <coughs> um, what was the year like for your crew? Uh, busy, yeah, busy. Like I said, with the with the sort of below average wet season, everyone sort of we we were early and earlier and earlier and starting um you know and it's been a tough year for everyone cattle were a bit light on here and there with with certain parts of the country that didn't get a wet season at all and um it was yeah it was sort of flat out really um but it's nice to nice to be able to pull up now and 
so they can't really do anything in the rain except drink beer and sit in the shed. That sounds all right. Uh, and what's Christmas Day look like in Timber Creek for your family? A uh, big knob of gold cans and probably a handful of prawns, I reckon. <laughs> nice. Well, I uh, hope you're enjoying the rain. Um, all the best. Uh, thanks for having a chat with the Country Hour. No worries, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, that is Potter Holcomb there. He lives in Timber Creek, which is sounding very wet today. And, yeah, as we go to where there is that severe weather warning for heavy rainfall and damaging winds. So this is for people in the Daly, the Tiwi, Gregory and parts of the Arnhem, Carpentaria, Tanami and Barclay District. So a pretty big area. Uh, we will be getting some more detail from the Weather Bureau at five past one. Hi, how are you going? My name is John Barry, uh, originally from Ireland. Came out here about 15 years ago and ended up in the lovely Timber Creek. And it's good here, the locals are friendly, and I'm enjoying the job. And you're listening to the Country Hour. Twenty minutes to one on the Country Hour on ABC Radio right across the Territory. My name is Dan Fitzgerald. Thanks for joining me. Well, it is a busy time for seafood retailers across Darwin. People rushing to buy up all sorts of delicious seafood for their Christmas platters. Norm Hedditch, he's a commercial mackerel fisherman. He also, re- he also retails from his shed in Winelli. I dropped in on him this morning to see what's been selling. Uh, good morning. My name's Norm Hedditch. I'm from uh, Mackerel Online and Taruna Proprietary Limited here in Darwin. And uh, we're just in Winelli in my shop at the moment. And it's a nice rainy day here in Winelli. Uh, we can hear the rain hitting the roof on the outside. Uh, what's the week been like here um, in terms of demand over Christmas? Been excellent, actually. Everybody stocks up for Christmas. They love to come in and get their prawns or fish or whatever for Christmas Day. Um, no, we've been quite busy. What's been selling well? Uh, everybody wants a prawn for Christmas. Uh, we've got scampi, we've got some uh, deep water cray tails, the champagne cray tails, they've been going well. And, of course, all the fish is as at the same time. Yeah, tell us about those champagne cray tails. You don't always see them, do you? No, the uh, prawn trawlers catch the sa- champagne cray tails. When they finish the prawn season, they go out to the deep water to catch the scampi, and they catch the cray tails at the same time as they catch the scampi. So there's only one small area north of Darwin uh, where the water is deep enough. That's where the, um, our AFZ uh, actually crosses over into the Timor Trench, and these boats fish in like 350, 400 metres deep. Uh, that's why the product is so lovely to eat. Can we have a look at them? Absolutely. All right, we got these in um, three kilo packs here. Uh, nicely done. And Yeah, for somebody who hasn't seen one before, can you describe them? Well, they're a tail probably about close to six inches long. Um, personally, I could probably eat four, five or six of them in one hit. Uh, uh, but three kilos, you know, there's enough there to feed a family of four. Not a problem at all. And what's so rare about these? Why don't we see them too often? Uh, purely because the boats only go out at the end of the prawn seasons. So um, there's only two times of the year that that can happen. And if you've been on a prawn trawler for the last 10 weeks or something, you probably really want to go home and have a holiday than changing the gear and going out scampi fishing after the season. But there is one boat operating at the moment, and he's doing quite well, and I think he's going to go and do another trip shortly. So um, we shouldn't run out of stock. And why are they called champagne craze? I think um, 
because champagne's sort of an exquisite word, um, and I think they are an exquisite product, so the name suits them. Now, you also run some mackerel boats. How's the mackerel season been this year? Uh, quite good. Um, we've had a little bit of issue with weather. The southeasterly trade winds knocked us around a bit. Um, my motto is, when it's calm, go fishing. When it's rough, stay home. And we average around about 210 to 220 days a year fished. So you're staying home this week? Absolutely. Not going anywhere. Anyway, it's Christmas time. The monsoon set in. It's uh, rough to ridiculous out there. No, I wouldn't even think about it. And in terms of the market for mackerel, what's that been like this season? Market's been excellent. Uh, one thing about the pandemic, uh, it hurt us in the early days because uh, things got locked down and the price crashed. But we found there was still demand for quality fish and it was just a little bit harder to get it to market. But we've got around that and... Uh, no, it's been a quite a successful year because the price has been up. And even though the price of fuel has been up too, uh, you've done all right? Yeah, uh, we're a very passive fishery, so uh, we don't burn a lot of fuel like a prawn trawler uh, that needs to have horsepower to tow nets. Uh, we only tow lines. Uh, very easy, very economical. Um, now I like the fishery. And the outlook for 2023? How are things looking? Ah, you've got to be a complete optimist to be a fisherman. So, yeah, I reckon it's looking good at the moment. <laughs> and this monsoonal rain, does that mean anything for you in terms of uh, uh, the mackerel? Yes, I think uh, when you have a good wet, it doesn't matter. Uh, right across the board, it doesn't matter whether it's fish, uh, like the barramundi salmon or the prawns or, or anything. A good wet season usually produces a very good year. Oh, fingers crossed to get that. Uh, Merry Christmas and thanks for having a chat with the Country Hour. No worries, thank you. That is Norm Hedditch. He is a commercial mackerel fisherman. He also has a retail shop down in Winelli. Now, at Mr Barra at the Duck Pond, uh, things were flat out this morning. The shop's Laura Lucetti spoke with Jack Hislop. It has definitely been nuts in here. Um, everyone's been coming in throughout the day. We're finding it's a bit busier once everyone's knocking off work, um, but too many to count. And what's been popular? Just your usual prawns, lobsters, fish, oysters, of course. And what would you recommend for people who maybe are putting on a seafood platter for Christmas but aren't really sure what to go to? What's, what's your go-to on Christmas Day? Well, I'd go any three of our prawns. So we've got three different varieties this year. Um, some of the whole fish as well. We've got some nice, beautiful sides that are nice plates. Um, once you bake it up, they look amazing. Um, and oysters as well. You can't go wrong with those. Okay. And if people are going to buy seafood for Christmas, should they really get in today or is tomorrow leaving it a bit too late? What would you recommend? Look, today or tomorrow is fine. Um, today would be great. Ease off our day tomorrow. Um, but no, either today or tomorrow, we'd love to see everyone down here. And what, what's your busiest time? Have you got a tip for someone to avoid the crowds? What, what would be the best time to get down here? I'm thinking closer to close, actually. So probably around that 4.30 to 6 o'clock mark. Um, you tend to see kind of wind down a little bit. Okay, and uh, you've got plenty of staff here working out the back. Who's been pulling the longest shift? Definitely the boys packing all the seafood for out the front in retail for us. So, you know, keeping it nice and full during the day, just making sure everyone's got everything they need. That is Laura Lucetti there from Mr Barra.
and she was speaking there with Jack Hislop. It is 14 minutes to one here on the Country Hour. And he'll bring up the 200 with a boundary. ABC Sports Summer of Cricket. The fingers gone up. Monday, join ABC Sports coverage of the second test between Australia and South Africa. This is the test match you won't want to miss. Live from the MCG in Melbourne. Glorious from Lavashank. Australia v South Africa. On ABC Radio, ABC Sport Digital and live on the ABC Listen app. Uh, Still to come for you in a few minutes, uh, we're going to be checking in on the magpie geese hunting season. A couple of reserves, they close today. I'll tell you which ones after a bit of a Christmas song. This one is by Slim Dusty. Slim Dusty there with Christmas on the station from 1971, that tune. And this is The Country Hour. My name is Dan Fitzgerald on ABC Radio right across the Territory. Well, the magpie geese hunting season, it ends today at the Howard Springs Hunting Reserve and the Lambles Lagoon Conservation Reserve. Uh, but shooters are still able to hunt at the Shoal Bay Coastal Reserve and Harrison Dam until the 9th of January. Uh, NT Field and Games, Bart Irwin, he says that the season so far, it's been pretty good. We had reasonable water levels in uh, all the reserves at uh, the opening of the season back in mid-September and then uh, late, late September and very early October, we had about two weeks of rain which uh, really topped everything up. And that made um, Howard Swamp and uh, the Shoal Bay area quite attractive to the birds. And those areas held most of the geese uh, early on. Usually Howard Swamp is dry uh, for the very first part of the season, or both those areas are dry. But that water uh, really... Gave, gave the birds uh, some refuge and uh, it allowed the hunters to spread out too. So they were shooting on uh, all reserves early and that continued November. We had oh, here at Howard, I live at Howard River Park and we had 200 mils in November oh. and about 65 in October. So that, that good regular rain kept it happening and like I could hear shooting uh, most days uh coming from Howard Swamp and Shoal Bay. And it's just continued. Strangely, Harrison Dam was uh, didn't have the birds that it normally has. I, I can't understand it. The, it looked great. It was weed-free. Uh, but the birds have found... Well, I think they just took, took the opportunity to go to Shoal Bay. So there was uh, an attraction for birds in some of those areas. You did mention that you heard some hunters out and about. What about numbers? Were there many Territorians out there this year or, or a lack of? Uh, oh, so, no, certainly they were very active and they were out there um, day in, day out. Uh, so it was, it was good to hear that they were all getting, getting birds and uh, feeding their families. Uh, so no, I thought I thought the season went went really well. It's um, it's just a shame that you know, we're feeling game formed in two thousand and one, and since that time we've been asking for more hunting reserves because numbers of hunters have uh, near tripled. There were about 
1,100 hunters in 2005, I think, and now there's been up to 3,600 wow. hunters. Yet we're still crammed into four reserves, two of which are usually dry for uh, at least half the season. And the ALP have been there uh, for just about all that time, all but four years. And Minister Lawler, she uh, agreed to a motion by Kezia Purick back in 2018 for more to find more uh, hunting reserves. Then in 2020, she made a, uh, a commitment to uh, find uh, a new hunting reserve. And two years later, we haven't got one. There has been a change, and that is, of course, the daily bag limit, and that was increased to seven bags this year. How was that taken by hunters? Oh, very good, very good. And that's, that's what it should be every year. Seven, seven is, a, is a good number. It, uh, it satisfies uh, and makes the, the hunting sustainable, not just for the bird, but sustainable for the hunter that, that makes it worthwhile them going out because it's a, it's a short season. It's, it's 16 weeks out of the year. You know, if you're a fisherman, you get, the, you get the opportunity to fish every day. But, you know, with 16 weeks, you've probably got uh, four weekends that you're going to be able to get away uh, for a day, and that is actually the average number of days that hunters get to go. So you need to be able to bring home seven uh, to actually feed uh, feed a family and allow the a bit of time to put some birds into the freezer to keep you going uh, through the other eight months of the year. Bart Irwin, he is from NT Field and Game, and he was speaking there with Michaela Simpson. So just repeating that hunting ends today in the Howard Springs Hunting Reserve and the Lambles Lagoon Conservation Reserve, uh, but over at Shoal Bay and Harrison Dam, Hunt shooting will be allowed to continue there until the 9th of January. Summertime is the time to stream happiness. You need a laugh. With comedy galore on ABC iView. Really? Let me show you. Brand new laughs like Willogical and Summer Love. And then I got a little funny. <laughs> and returning favourites like Frayed, Aftertaste and Fisk and so much more. I'm loving them. <laughs> stream comedy happiness for free. Last one. All summer long on ABC iView. Well, calls are growing for a national discussion on gun reform after the deaths of two police officers and an innocent bystander in that shooting in Queensland last week. The Australian Shooters Union says it doesn't want to see a national gun register, preferring instead for police to have instant access to interstate firearm licence details, kind of like what they do for car licences and vehicle registrations. Uh, President Union of the union, uh, Graham Parkey says the interstate access proposal has been talked about for years, but it's never found national support. There are huge benefits to be had by real-time access, and that's where I would agree with uh, uh, Queensland Police Union and, and others that real-time access is very helpful to police. Like, if you're driving your car in New South Wales and you get stopped by the police, they can instantly on the side of the road check that that car is legally registered in Queensland, that you're a uh, legally operating driver, your licence is current. They can do all that from the side of the road. Why can't we do that with firearms? There's no national registry of your motor vehicle, but they can still do it because they have access to all the state-based data, which is already there, inexpensive to do and very quick and effective, and we would support fully. 
I'm quite surprised that this already is not done. What's the obstacles or why has this not been pursued? Uh, a severe lack of, of administrative or political will. The legislation had, was put in place in 1996 to do this in the uh, National Firearms Agreement that all the states signed up to, and they are supposed to have done this. I've been sitting on various federal and state government committees for many, many years, and it's talked about all the time. It is in progress. They've spent many millions of dollars playing around with federal systems but at a state level they've just never really done something as simple as make it so that a queensland police officer can press a button and look at um material in victoria or new south wales which seems strange when it happens on a daily basis with motor vehicles it's a very simple thing to do Further to this conversation about a national firearms registry, uh, calls are growing for a national discussion on gun reform, Uh, again, you could say. Why would you say uh, your members need and require their guns, especially the majority who live on rural properties? Well, they they use the people on rural properties in regional areas. They're using them on an ongoing basis as part of their occupation. Um, and there's no way you can run uh, an agricultural enterprise without firearms of some sort. Um, and that's not a really, I think most people recognise that. I think most people also recognise that in regional communities, the sporting aspects of firearms are a real community builder. And Australia has an incredibly good record of, of lack of misuse of firearms. The, the toll, the, the death, from criminal misuse of firearms in Australia is very, very low. You are more likely to die statistically falling off a table or a chair in Australia than being shot. The reality is that 95% of criminal misuse of firearms is done by people who don't have licences, never had a licence, and by guns that you know were either illegally imported or manufactured or stolen or something, one of the above. It's not related to firearm, legitimate firearm owners, and yet 95% of the government funding is all about regulating legitimate people, farmers and target shooters. Shouldn't we be spending 95% of the money looking at criminals? Graham Park, he's the president of the Shooters Union of Australia, and he was speaking there with Amy Phillips. Hello, my name's Tom Burrow. I'm a ranger over on Groot Island. And you're listening to The Country Hour. And just quickly, Parent Water says it is going to build a brand new pump station for Darwin River Dam. An announcement by Parent Water says the pump station is part of a $36 million multi-year project investment which will deliver increased pumping capacity. In a statement, Minister for Essential Services Selena Yubo says Darwin's new pump station will provide increased water security to complement two other initiatives, the Manton Dam return to service and the Adelaide River off-stream water storage projects designed to meet increased demand from population and industry growth. So construction on this is due to start in February next year with completion estimated in 2025. As we go to air this afternoon, Darwin River Dam, it is sitting at just under 82% capacity. Will it hit our 100% this wet season? 
It tipped over 100 just in late March, early February this year. Looks like it's probably likely to do again this wet. To find out how much rain is on the way, I will be speaking with the Weather Bureau in five minutes' time. But right now, it's time for the one o'clock news. Speak to you soon. Uh, Matches turtle, cattle class, tow drive for Sherbet Livestock. We're all flat out. Give us plenty of room on the road and you're listening to the Country Hour. G'day there, Dan Fitzgerald is my name and thanks for joining me for the Country Hour for this Friday lunchtime. You're on ABC Radio Darwin and the Northern Territory. We're also available via the ABC, ABC Listen app, Channel 25 on your telly or via the podcast. Still to come for you uh, this afternoon, we're going to jump aboard a live export ship and find out what happens aboard a vessel on Christmas Day. It depends on where you are, you know. If we are in port, we are uh, busy. If we are sailing, we have some nice dinner. Uh, and the company also provides some extra, extra food. Yeah, we'll jump aboard uh, the Ocean Swagman in the next 25 minutes or so. You'll hear that soon. Well, let's find out what's, what's happening in the weather. We've got Sally Cutter on deck today. How are you, Sally? Oh, not too bad, thanks. That's good. Um, now, yes, there is a, a fair bit happening with the weather um, in terms of uh, the most important news with severe weather warnings. Uh, what do we need to know? Well, to start with, the cyclone warning has been cancelled. The XLE has moved inland. still looks very pretty on satellites, or from a meteorological point of view, looks very pretty. The, it's, but it is dump, dumping a lot of rain. Bradshaw had 73 millimetres in three hours. It's, it's, an, it's only an isolated four, because one of the other stations at Bradshaw didn't get anywhere near that so far. But we are seeing a lot of rain associated with that and possibly potentially some damaging wind gusts with the storms. So as a result, we've got a severe weather warning current for heavy rainfall and damaging winds in the Daly, Tiwi, Gregory and then parts of basically the western Arnhem, western Carpentaria district and just also the far western Barclay. So in that area, we could see those showers and storms being a little bit gusty but also producing some heavy rainfall that may lead to flash flooding. What and most of the activity at the moment is in the daily far northern parts of the Gregory, but XLE is expected to drift southwards over the next 24 hours and through the Gregory, and that will see those showers and storms extend further south. Also, it's, it's continue moving south to tomorrow as well, and we'll see the conditions in the north starting to ease off from tonight probably, but the things were quieting down so by the time we get to sort of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but then we've got another surge coming down through the Arafura Sea, and so we could see those showers and storms re- redevelop the monsoonal squalls and, and storms and showers across the top end by the time we get into the latter half of next week. Yeah, okay. Um, so for this um, ex-tropical cyclone, Ellie, as it, as it heads to the, the southeast, uh, how much rain could it bring with it? Oh, it could bring fairly substantial rainfall. The, we do have the, a trough down through the southern parts of the NT at the moment, and that's bringing some good rain through there now. The 
but the and then the cyclone is going to come down and the the rain from the trough is going to become less significant and the ra- heavy rainfalls associated with the low will become the main feature. But we could see falls of 200 to 500 millimetres isolated, but generally sort of more that 70 to 130 millimetre mark associated with the storm, with the, with the low. But we, we could see some other significant falls of up to 100 millimetres in the, just generally with, associated with that trough. We had a fair drop of rain at, at Territory Grape yesterday, the most, and that was just. So I just got to grab the. It was up in the 50 millimeter, 50. Yeah, Territory and Grape, I saw, saw a gem tree just north of Alice as well had 70 millimeters. So um, yeah, there yeah. was a good bit of rain around the Alice yesterday. Yeah, yeah the heaviest falls were just to the north of Alice, as to that gem tree, tea tree area and looks like it's halfway between Alice and Tennant Creek so just a little bit further north than that today we're seeing those storms starting to go up already so in the great big arc that's wrapping into the the cyclone so or the ex-cyclone so there is still the rain out there so just be careful because it is going to cause issues on the roads. And will this weather system will it sweep down as as far as Alice Springs and, and bring rain there? Uh, no, we're going to see so the broad showers and storms aren't going to clear really. It might ease down through the southern parts as we go into next week, but they're not really going to clear. What the ex-cyclone is looking at doing is coming down through the Gregory into the Tanami and then stalling. And then Tuesday, at this, at this stage, from Tuesday, it looks like it's going to head off west. So that's going to drag the heavier showers and storms out of the Territory and into WA. But it's not going to clear totally, but we we will lose those really heavy totals. Yeah, okay. Um, looking ahead, Sally, um, can you give us a little Christmas Day outlook for, for Alice Springs and Darwin? Uh, yep, the, for Alice Springs, Christmas Day is... Sunday, 19 to 28, so a little bit cooler than than average. The medium chance of showers, most likely in the afternoon and evening. So we're looking back to zero to four millimetres, so certainly much less than what we are seeing or expecting now. The, today, the in Darwin, for Christmas Day, we're looking at the 25 to 32, two to 20 millimetres, so it's still a bit wet and a, and a high chance of showers and most likely in the morning and afternoon. Beauty. And uh, oh, we better do Catherine and Lieutenant Creek. How how are things looking for okay. day there? Yeah. Yeah, Catherine, we've got 24 to 33 and about a 50-50 chance of seeing something. But it's we're certainly not going to be the rainfall totals that we expect to see today and tomorrow, which could be up to 45 millimetres. And Tennant Creek, Christmas Day, 23 to 30 and a pretty good chance, a 70% chance of seeing some rain. Tomorrow's probably going to be the wetter day with some heavy falls, up to 50 millimetres, but so up, up to about 20 millimetres, we've got 25% chance of exceeding that only. So somewhere between 0 and 20 could see on, on Sunday. So probably right across the Territory, they, they are storms, so you, you may not necessarily get it, but if you do get it, if you plan undercover, you're not going to get wet from the or have that mad scramble to grab everything off the table. Or if it doesn't rain, you're not going to get sunburned. Yeah, beautiful. Not a bad idea. Um, and just lastly, Sally, uh, coastal waters for people who might want to wet a line over the weekend on the, the okay. next few days. 
Yeah, with, with the low moving south or cyclone, cyclone moving south, we are seeing the conditions ease today. We're looking at 15 westerly, west northwesterly winds on the west coast, 15 to 25 knots. Tomorrow, easing off 10 to 15 knots, but reaching up to 20 knots south of Channel Point in the late afternoon. So seas around a metre with a westerly swell of about a metre. If you're out on the, the north coast over the weekend, we're looking at 10 to 15 knots, re- reaching up to 20 knots offshore west of Manangrita tomorrow morning. Again, so the, the seas around a metre and the swells about a metre as well. And then round in the, if you're around in the Gulf of Carpentaria, tomorrow we're looking at... To, 10 to 15 knots north northeasterly winds from the middle of the day, then easing again. And then on Sunday, so we're looking around about 10 knots. So the conditions aren't too too rough, but just watch out for those monsoonal squalls coming through, more likely on the west than in, in the morning All and right. on Saturday. Beautiful. Thanks a lot for the update, Sally. That's okay. Cheers. That's Sally Cutter there at the Weather Bureau. It is 13 minutes past one. ABC Radio Darwin and the Northern Territory, helping you get prepared for the cyclone season. It is uh, the Country Hour here on ABC Radio across the Northern Territory. My name is Dan Fitzgerald. Well, you might be wrapping up things for... Uh, a bit of a break over Christmas, hopefully. Um, You might be lucky enough to get a public holiday or two. But for the cruise aboard livestock vessels... Uh, Christmas Day, it's likely just going to be another day. Uh, last weekend, the Ocean Swagman, it was loaded up with territory cattle and steamed off towards Indonesia. A captain aboard that ship, uh, Tony Tonchi, sorry, Aronich, he says things are usually pretty busy aboard the vessel on Christmas Day. Uh, yes, uh, it's, uh, let's say, medium-sized ship, uh, and it's more most convenient for uh, all kinds of trades. So basically it's uh, it's a very very uh, good ship for uh, for uh, employment. You you don't get too much uh, idle time. Where do your crew come from? Crew comes from Croatia and Philippines. So uh, we have a fleet of three vessels and uh, it's uh, this arrangement on all vessels. And typically, where are you most often sailing? You've been to Darwin once this year already, um, so it's not a frequent trip for you. So where are you typically sailing? Typically sailing uh, this trade, uh, as we do now, Darwin, uh, Indonesia. And uh, last trip was from Portland to China. And next trip will be from uh, New Zealand to China. So it's, uh, you know, various, various trips. What's it like in Darwin? How does it compare to, to the other ports and different ports that you do travel to? Uh, it's a little bit hotter than in, uh, in other ports. So now in Portland was around 10 degrees centigrade. And here is, but it's nice. It's good weather. No, not too much uh, bad weather. And I like it. We're in December heading into Christmas, actually. Where will you be Christmas Day? It uh, depends. Depends how how fast we'll uh, we'll finish with the discharging in Jakarta. But uh, I reckon, or in Jakarta, or on the underway to Singapore. What does Christmas Day look like on the Ocean Swagman? Again, depends on where you are. You know, if we are in port, we are uh, busy, and we cannot, uh, let's say. Uh, schedule our time uh, for some uh, dinner because uh, everybody's uh, you know 
have, have some some much duties and uh, it's not uh, not uh, actual uh, let's say celebration but if we are uh, sailing uh, we can uh, set our own time our way our way so I believe uh, if we are sailing we have some nice dinner uh, and the company also provides some extra extra food so and uh, these most uh, most uh, employed persons on board are two cooks because they make uh, everything to uh, to this dinner looks very nice and uh, everybody's happy yeah what's for dinner on christmas it depends uh, but mostly we have a suckling pig or a lamb and you also have um, the Filipino crew, you said. I believe they're quite big basketballers. Yes, they, they enjoy uh, basketball and they play really, really good. I must say I played against them a few times. It's uh, really, really, they are very skillful. And they're crazy about basketball. It's like Croatia and crazy about uh, football. Yeah, have you been watching the World Cup? Yeah, when we have some time, but only Croatia. We watch only Croatia because for other games there was no... No time. How about New Year? What do you do for New Year's celebrations on a ship like this? Oh, it's similar to Christmas. Nice dinner and a uh, few stories, see if you have time. And uh, actually, uh, we, we try to make uh, each dinner uh, some, uh, some uh, meeting uh, and besides uh, some stories which are not connected to daily work. Uh, but um, mainly, mainly it's, uh, it's a meeting uh, when we do all the stuff, ship stuff, and uh, some private, private stuff. So it's uh, let's say we do meeting every day. What's it like being away from your family for these months of the year? Uh, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. It's it's uh, you know we are used to work and uh, hard life at sea, but the hardest thing is uh, being away from the family. Yeah, this is the bad thing about sailing. How long have you been doing this job? Uh, for 24 years. So you've got a little bit of experience under your belt. How has it changed over the past 24 years? Yeah, it's changed uh, quite much because now it's uh, more demanding, uh, more uh, regulations, more rules, more paperwork. So it's getting uh, harder for us. So... But you must adapt, but uh, it will be, maybe, I think it uh, should be stopped with this uh, pressure on, on, on a crew, on officers, uh, because there a uh, certain time it will be come to the limit where, where uh, it cannot cope with this uh, amount of work. So let's see what, uh, what, uh, what uh, people in the industry will decide how to proceed. And New Zealand is not too far away from the end of their live export industry. How is that going to change your next 12 months? It will change, uh, maybe we'll more concentrate on Australian trade uh, because it's New Zealand's trade sees in uh, April if uh, anything uh, doesn't change. But uh, yeah, we will focus more on Australia wages. Well, thank you for your time on The Country Hour. Merry Christmas, and I hope you have a nice time on board. Thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, regards to everybody, and a Merry Christmas to everybody in Darwin. 
Tonchi Aronchich. He is the captain of the Ocean Swagman, which uh, loaded up with Territory Cattle last weekend on its way to Jakarta. It is 21 minutes past one here on the Country Hour. Uh, still to come, we'll hear how Australian pig farmers are helping out those sleeping rough this Christmas by putting some pork on their table. But first, Colter Wall, Big Iron. To the town of our field, old stranger. Colter Wall there with the Big Iron. This is the Country Hour on ABC Radio right across the Territory. My name is Dan Fitzgerald. Well, the New South Wales pork industry has a lovely Christmas tradition that's been going for 30 years. Every year it donates pork to the Salvation Army in Sydney so that they can put on a Christmas lunch for those in need. David Claunton went down to see how preparations were going and he spoke with Mitch Evans from the Salvos. Yeah, so today is one of our community Christmas events. So we have a big Christmas lunch on at 12 o'clock. Um, but at the moment we're actually just cooking a barbecue. So a uh, free barbecue for our community um, with lots of pork products and all that sort of stuff as well. So, so it's a Christmas tradition. It is a long-standing Christmas tradition, 30 years in the making, um, which is just an incredible blessing to our community. Uh, it just allows us to get together to celebrate and to celebrate one another as well. How many people would come down, do you reckon? Uh, we're expecting about 150 people today, uh, but that's one of many Christmas events that we do across the city as well, um, supported by uh, our friends at New South Wales Farmers and Australia Pork. So, And what kind of people would be in need of a Christmas lunch today? Yeah, our spaces are open to anybody and everybody. Uh, so people from across the community that just want somewhere to be and somewhere to celebrate. So we've got people that are currently sleeping rough. We have people that are just... Um, you know, currently in addiction, people that are just lonely and isolated and want someone to celebrate with as well. So, um, And then also we've just got some of our neighbours that just want to be a part of a community and just want to get involved in what's going on and, and get to know some friends as well. So that's kind of the people that come along. And um, Ian, tell me about your family's participation in this event because it does go back a long way. Yeah, it does. Um, around 30 years ago, my dad uh, came up with the idea that uh, they'd like to support the uh, Salvos, uh, pork producers of New South Wales uh, thought that would be a great idea so uh, traditionally producers would uh, donate a pig and they, uh, they'd they send their pig off to young abattoirs and we'd get processed and, uh, and then uh, freight them down to Sydney and then the uh, salvos would look after them and uh, all of New South Wales pork producers have been involved over the different times of the uh, last 30 years but it's been going on for 30 years Right, and tell me a bit about your farm while we've got you uh, My farm, well we uh, we started in pigs in 1967, so 55 years we've been uh, pork producers. So gradually over that time it's gotten a little bigger and a little bigger. Um, approximately on farm there's around 10,000 pigs, so very noisy. But yeah, yeah, a lot of mouths to feed every day. Yeah. How many people work for you? Uh, about 12 people help us with that operation. Did you get flooded as well? Flood's been very bad this year. Yeah, it's been wet or sort of around our area, but we're not too bad off. The harvest is uh, rocking along pretty good. You don't have to go too far west and uh, the story gets a little sadder, but in our area we've been pretty fortunate. Fantastic. And we've got Craig who's come down to enjoy the lunch. How are you, Craig? Yeah, good, thank you. So you've been here before, haven't you? Oh, a lot. Yeah, I, I <laughs> come to these events all the time. What's your story? Why is it that you... Because you, you, you do have... A, you've had a heroin addiction and now you're a volunteer, is that right? Yeah, um, well, the Salvo's helped me get my life back together and, um, I mean, without them, I, I don't think I would have got to where I am now. I... Um, I still volunteer from time to time, I work full time, 
Where are you working? I work for DB Shanker. And that's a, a freight business? A freight porter, yeah. And what's your job there? Uh, forklift operator. Right. And so what did it take to get over a heroin addiction and, and oh, straighten like, your life out? Um, I was on methadone for like 10 years and um, then one day just things come to a head and I had to change something and I decided to get off methadone and now I've been off it for like 12 months now. Um, and if it wasn't for the salvos, wouldn't have got to do that. What help did they provide? Well, when, when I was volunteering, it helped get my stamina back into uh, in order, you know what I mean, so I could um, take on work again. And, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for volunteering here, I, I wouldn't be the bloke I am today. What kind of volunteer work do you do? Uh, I did, I've done nearly everything. You know, I mean, I've worked in the kitchen, I've driven for delivery vehicles, um, even gar- helped them take garbage out, do, do anything. And in terms of the people here today, what kind of a difference does, does this event make? Oh, it makes a big difference to the community. A lot of people, you know, I mean, are still sleeping rough and addicted to drugs. And, you know, I mean, they put on some nice food for them and, yeah, just help them out. That is Craig Bale. He volunteers for the Salvos and he was at the Christmas lunch there put on by Australian Pork Limited and the New South Wales Farmers Federation. And that is it for the Country Hour for today and for this week. Country Hour will be have a few days off. We'll be back on your radio on Thursday the 28th of December. From all of us here at the program, have a lovely Christmas. Take it easy.